Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome back to the 9th Avenue 9. Well, it's been a while, hasn't it? I haven't put out a new episode of this show since November of last year when Cyrus Ruck gave us his list of nine. Well, I'm back with a new episode featuring someone very closely related to Cyrus. I have missed doing these shows, and recording this new episode really brought that home. With that in mind, I really want to encourage you out there listening to get in touch with me if you want to talk about music or other artists or hobbies. Even if you don't know me well, I have found that this little podcast has been a great way to connect, not only with my guests, but also with others who listen. If you're interested in talking with me, drop me a line. My email address is joel at ofthecross.org. I have some new ideas for where to take this podcast, and some of you listening might hear from me. Who knows? Now, on with the show. I had a great time in my office talking with my friend Molly Ruck about nine songs that she would have had with her in the basement. Make sure you check out the Spotify playlist link with the episode to check out her picks. I had a wonderful time listening to them. So without further ado, here's the next episode of the 9th Avenue 9 featuring Molly Ruck. Happy 2022, everybody, and welcome back to The Basement. My guest today has been at Church of the Cross since day one. The longer one attends Cross, the more one can see her caring hand in so many facets of the church. She oversaw the Easter vigil until passing it off to our friend and previous basement tenant, Chris Scanlon. She has been involved in every part of the church as it has matured into a mother church itself. My wife and I have shared Christmas Eves, homeschool co-ops, and Shakespeare plays with her and her family. While my wife Stephanie and my families reside in Southern California, originally Christian and her have truly become our adopted family here in the Twin Cities. I'll wind down this long intro lest I embarrass her, but while this intro may be getting a little heavy, I really couldn't think of a better way to welcome to the basement my dear friend, Molly Ruck. Mm. Hi, Molly. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's the, you know the ground rules, but it's been a few months, and the last time I had a guest was your son, Cyrus. So mm-hmm. um, it's been a few months, and I hope to get more uh, guests into the basement this year. So if you're listening and you want to be a guest in the basement, please let me know. Uh, you're locked in the church basement for a year. You can have any nine albums. I understand you have songs, so uh, instead of albums, so, and then we can discuss the albums. Uh, you get a, a book, as well as a, book, a, a Bible and a book of common prayer, and you get one luxury item. All right. I'm ready. So before we jump into that, right. tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Yeah. And where... So, uh, you know, here we are in Minnesota. I was born in Minnesota mm-hmm. at uh hospital right on France Avenue. So okay. Fairview. Um, but then, oh, Fairview. Yeah. Uh, Southdale? Yeah. Fairview, Southdale. Oh, okay. Yes. I didn't know that. First home on Penn Avenue. Okay. But then uh, moved to Madison, Wisconsin, where I had my elementary years. Okay. Uh, so lived in Madison. And then my family moved back to Minnesota for junior high and high school. When I graduated from high school, I never thought I would live in Minnesota again. Okay. Uh but the Lord had other plans, and here I am, mm-hmm. uh, very happily living in Minnesota since 2003. Great. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could give us uh, a brief synopsis of how you met Christian and okay. and how you ended up 
in Minnesota. I know a lot of folks know the story of Mm -hmm. the beginning of Cross, but it might be fun to hear just a a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I'll save the getting to know Christian for my songs. Um, Okay, good. Sounds good. A little little preview. preview. Yes, yes. Uh, But um, uh, ending up in Minnesota to start Church of the Cross was really a decision that was very much God's uh, direction. Uh, We were... Um, wanting to see another Anglican church started that yeah. was like the church we were attending, which was Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And um, just through a set of circumstances, felt that the Lord was moving us to Minnesota to start something here. Mm-hmm. So it started in our house um, yeah. and uh, kind of moved around a little bit, but then uh, very quickly ended up in this church building. Yeah. Yes. And thankfully, uh, if I had to spend a year in the basement now at Church of the Cross, it does not look like anything like when we bought the building. Yes. That would have been a very depressing uh, place uh, to spend a year. Um, I would think it still would be pretty depressing being a year alone in any kind of basement, but it's much better looking than it was back in those days. Yes. As I recall, uh, when John was a guest in the basement, he talked a little bit about the work he he did on the basement down there. Yes. So John Hardiker. Right. Yeah. He did a lot of work on the basement, thankfully, because there was a lot of work that needed to be done. So I don't think I've ever asked you this, but just one quick other question before we get into the music. When you decided, was was there any part of your decision-making process and discernment, the fact that you were from here, did that play a role in, in, in you coming up here? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. It did um, in two ways. One, uh, we would come and visit Minnesota and just love being here. We sure. love, you know, being out on the lake, mm-hmm. lakes, um, yeah. you know, being in the woods, just having a lot of outdoor activities to do, you know, winter or summer. Um, so we just loved it, yeah. just being here. Um, but then also culturally, we understood where what kind of questions people were asking. Yeah. We questions about God we could identify um, because of our Midwestern roots. You know, me, for having roots here and Christian even in Indiana, mm-hmm. we just felt like we had an understanding of the culture and could really connect. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I had the opportunity. I think it was remind me when when we had when your your when Dan was here for the the teaching about always forward in the basement. Was that last spring? That, a year ago? That was uh fall of 2020. Wow, it's already been a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. So the thing that was really great about going to that and seeing you and Dan sort of in action is I think that sometimes for myself and I think all of us, we don't really think through how much there is behind any vocation, mm-hmm. you know? And so f- to hear you and Dan talking about all of the different thought that goes into planting a church, mm-hmm. you don't just show up. <laughs> I mean, right. I suppose you could. And I know some people I'm sure do just right. show up right. without any strategy or any plan. But I think that sometimes that that almost feels like it's not spiritual or something right well, but I mean, it's totally it's part of the, the 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 beauty of like what you were just saying about knowing this place and understanding what pe- what questions people are asking it's such an important part of being able to minister to a place not mm-hmm. just you know well we're going to drop in and share right. ideas with people right yes and really being a part of it i think yeah. people can sense if you like like them like where you are are happy with you know, where God has brought you and that's in itself a witness. So yeah, we're very happy here. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. 
Love love life in Minnesota. That's great. Well, and, and as I as I mentioned before, I do I think that one of the things that I have ended up seeing is the intentionality behind a lot of the hospitality that you know some of the things that we still do and that I've learned about as on staff are just things that are part of the culture that you and Christian and those who started the church with you have built. So very, very, very inspirational. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get to the music now. Uh, so I am very curious to hear, and you mentioned some, some I'm sure we'll have some mm-hmm. biographical information, which is yes. always great. But one of the great things about your, I think, 21st show, it's so great to hear how these this music relates back to people's lives. So what is the first song that you're going to share with first me? First song, so I chose songs. I and I should preface this like I don't know names of songs, I don't know names of artists, and mm-hmm. I don't know names of albums. Like mm-hmm. some people such as my husband have all of that information yeah. stored in their memories even including dates of albums and things. So <laughs> I I sometimes need help saying, "Oh, that one song that you know I love." Uh, you know, that one that goes like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this one, I do know uh, name, artist, album, um, uh, but the song uh, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Oh, sure. That is what I would want to have. If Otis I was Redding. Sitting, yes. If I was a year in the basement, I need that song. So. <laughs> what do you like about it so much? I just, I just like that it would capture so much a year of being in a basement, like sitting on the dock of the bay, <laughs> yes. wasting time. Yes. Like there would be such an element of wasting time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a line in the song that says, this loneliness won't leave me alone. Yeah. I think that that would probably capture well the experience mm-hmm. of sitting in the basement. And uh, somehow it would make you feel maybe not quite as alone. Maybe if somebody not else as alone. And that, yes. I, so this song for me uh, is important because our family only had an AM radio in the car that I had growing up. Got it. So all the oldies station music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song has a whistling portion in it. That's true. Yes, it does. And I cannot sing, but I can whistle. And uh, so my dad and I would always whistle mm-hmm. that section of the song yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also love Otis Redding's voice. So oh, much. he's yeah, yeah, he's great. And I remember one time on a cross country road trip, I was with my mom and my dad, and we were at a gas stop, you know, mm-hmm. you know, rest stop. And one of the CDs was like a greatest hits of Otis Redding. Yes. And I just bought it because I had never really listened to anything besides Doc right. of the Bay because there were yeah. certain Doc of the Bay. And I was blown away. I just yeah. loved his voice, the soul, and just the passion of his voice. Yes. And so, that one's pretty mellow compared to a lot of his music. Right. So that um, uh, greatest hits, mm-hmm. Doc of the Bay is on totally. it. I would just have that with me. So that song would mean that album would be with me. Yeah. Do you remember, yep. do you have any memory the f- first few times you heard, just like in the car with your dad probably? You have yeah, those I mean, memories? I don't even remember a time I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. The AM radio. Absolutely. Yes, yes and our silver Oldsmobile. <laughs> yeah. What's song number two? Okay, song number two is a song by the Scottish band The Proclaimers. Sure. Two brothers. Um, this is the... Their album, This Is The Story, which was their first album. Mm-hmm. And I would want the... I Actually, this is the only album where I'd want almost all the songs on the album. Uh-huh. This Is The Story would definitely be... Okay. It's what I, why I chose it. Though if you're going to do a Spotify list or something, you can't use that one because that... 
that's not like an all ages song. So oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> all right. uh, use the song uh, "Beautiful Truth" uh-huh. from that album. Um, but it like again, I'm not a person who really knows. I never followed bands uh-huh. you know, or uh-huh. anything in high school. And when I was in college, I lived with a person who knew music so well. Yeah. A huge range of music. Yeah. And the Proclaimers was the one band she didn't listen to, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was almost sort of my own discovery. Sure. So um, so this album was from 87. I probably discovered them in 89. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, late 80s, early 90s, yeah, when I remember. They were right. kind of in my, when I was in high school. Right. So they became really popular with their next album, Sunshine on Leith, Mm -hmm. with the song 500 Miles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one I know of theirs. That that was huge. Yeah, so this is their first first album. So, yeah, uh, Letters from from America, Sky Takes the Soul. Basically, I just love all of those songs on the album. I'll have to check it out. I've never listened to them other... I don't think I've ever listened to them other than their one huge hit. Yes. It'll be fun to to hear them. Yes. So you asked about Christian and I meeting. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, the Proclaimers factors into how we got married because they have a song, Let's Get Married. Oh, okay. And Christian played that song right before he proposed to me. What a Christian way of proposing. Yes, Exactly. That would, that's totally. Yeah, so we were driving in the car. He put in a tape that he had made, because back in those days, you could make tapes for each other. Of course, yes. That then had that song, and when that song came on, he pulled over and got out of the car, came to my side, and uh, proposed to me. Ah, that's perfect. Yeah. How like him. Yeah. That's so, great. The proclaim. Where was this? Where, where did this, this happen? This was between Minneapolis and um, our drive to Chicago, somewhere around Rochester. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. Pulled into a scenic overlook. Did something inspire him to do it at that moment? Or it, It's when the song came on. Okay, so yes, he was playing was, the tape. And so when that song came on. When that song came on, he was going to pull over. There happened to be a scenic overlook right there. Good. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect in every way. And <laughs> Well, that's yeah. great. Yeah, so the Proclaimers. So Okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to include that on the Spotify playlist. Yeah. It's on that album? No. Or it's not? So it's, but it's, I'll still have to include it. Then, yeah. If that's, so the album, this is a story I love, but that that's from another album, Let's okay. Get Married. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What about number three? Okay. So number three, actually, it was very hard not to choose uh, more songs from college and then my dating Christian life. Sure, of course. Like, yeah. that's just such a pivotal time in one's life. Like, they're music talent, you know, kind of music discoveries. And Christian and I, part of how we got together is we had so much music overlap of what music we loved. Uh-huh. So it was definitely kind of a bonding thing we had in common. Yeah. But so I so it was a very deliberate choice not to include any of those bands. Uh-huh. And instead, my third choice is Brandy Carlisle. Oh. The song The Story. That Wonderful. I call Amazing it Amazing song. I call it All the Lines on My Face. So in my yeah. family, I'll mm-hmm. say let's play All the Lines on My Face. <laughs> but it has a title called mm-hmm. The Story, mm-hmm. not that I knew that. Um but I would want that in that whole album. So it's a really great. That song is. That song's amazing. great. Her vocal is she just exactly leaves it all out there. Yeah, really I just amazing. love it. So I just feel yeah. like like she's like I just feel carried almost like on water when mm-hmm. I listen to her. Like mm-hmm. 
Like she has like this rising and falling. I just love it. Mm-hmm. And that song's lyrics are great. Mm-hmm. So, so that song beat out Camper Band Beethoven. Oh, sure. Which the I'm Stone, listening to right now. Your, your husband yeah. put me on that. The Stone Roses. It beat uh-huh. out the Stone Roses. Mm-hmm. It beat out the Water Boys. Uh-huh. So, Brandy oh, Carlisle. Wow. Yeah. I had. Um, I had not heard of Brandy Carlisle, and she opened for a band that my wife and I love, the Abbott Brothers, that, yeah. I know that we've talked about. And um, she was amazing. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, I we I feel like the the mini it was at Target Center, so it was a big it was a big mm-hmm. venue. But I felt like the crowd because she's really popular up here. Oh, I think yeah. I think the crowd was actually more there for her. But she did. I think they did a couple songs together, and it was. It was amazing. She mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. She really put on a great show. So yes. very impressive. Yes. So I And that song is just every time I hear it, it really I mean mm-hmm. there's a, it's almost like um I like her vocal better, but it's almost like the Janis Joplin like really, really just giving Oh she you gives wonder it her if, do you have any voice left yes. after you sing this. Oh exactly. So Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. I yeah, I would want her with me in the basement. Totally. Yep. All right, well, we've gotten through three songs. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to The Basement. I am sitting here with my good friend, Molly Ruck. We're having a great discussion about music. Um, Before we get into the next three songs... um, did you have like a, a process for figuring out these nine songs? Something that maybe was a a, a thread that ran through them. Hmm. I um. I think that the thread that ran through them. Uh, you know, generally I'm an extrovert, and yeah. so the thought of a year in the basement, like I, I took this seriously. Yes. A year in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, what songs would I need to kind of like buoy me along? Like, sure. Keep me going. So, um, so it's kind of a method acting that you're really thinking about, you know, yes, how yes. am I going to survive? How here? am I going to survive <laughs> a year in the basement? Me, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And so actually the next, uh, few songs are more focused on, um, like my family, mm-hmm. um, as sort of songs that remind me of my family mm-hmm. because that would be just torture. Of course. You know, this yeah. uh, definitely a form of torture not to be with my family. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the next song is uh, by the Decemberists. Sure. Um, Sons and Daughters. Okay. So I, I again, I call it When We Arrive. Uh huh. So When We Arrive, Sons and Daughters. Uh-huh. It's uh, We'll Build Our Home on the Waters. Okay. Have you heard this song? I think it's Probably. like Crane Wife. See, I don't even I, know the I think I, ha- I think I have. Um, I listened to. The, the songs that, that Christian talked about from the Decemberist, it was the Crane Wife, right. and it was like something part, part two. Sh- was it was it was it the name the Crane Wife part one and two? Yeah, and I loved those songs. Yeah, so this song is a, a song that it, I I would love to ask uh, uh, the the lead singer what he was thinking when he wrote this song, but mm-hmm. it has just some. Interesting lines like, we'll make our home on the waters, we'll build our walls with aluminum, we'll fill our mouths with cinnamon. Hmm. And then there's a line, by land, by sea, by dirigible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this song, I, like we have songs that kind of remind us of each of our children, mm-hmm. but um, 
this song kind of reminds me of our whole family. Yes. Because on our first uh, sabbatical, we took a road trip out to the East Coast. I remember that. And did a lot of camping, um, you know, and it was all six of us in the car. And this song, I can even remember certain places of where we were when this song came on mm-hmm. our uh, kind of mix. It wasn't a mixed tape. It was now like our CD list or whatever it mm-hmm. was. Um so it just reminds me of our family singing this in the car together. Okay, and so question, because I yeah. know exactly what you mean. What's one scene you can th- you can see oh. in your head, like a part of the country that you can see in your head when you're thinking about that song yeah, that you remember? Yeah, the George Washington Bridge. Into New York? Into New York, yes. Yeah. The, it was right on at the, that point. The cloisters, yes. right by yeah. the Upper yep. West Side. Yeah, yep. so... Yeah, and I uh, we were on the belt uh, way around DC another time it played uh-huh, and uh-huh. and so um, yeah, but this song just reminds me so much of our family time together mm-hmm. um, and that trip. Um, it it's really I feel like it's a song talking about wanting a place of safety, mm-hmm. and I just felt like oh that would be the perfect song for being in the basement. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. And it's called sons and daughters too. Yeah, it's oh, called Sons and yeah. Daughters. But I call it When We Arrive. When We Arrive, yes. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that is a family one. The next one is um, a song called Glory Baby. Uh, it's uh, on an album called All Things New by uh, the group Watermark, which was a husband and wife duo. I don't think I know. Um, I haven't heard of this, this one. This is a Christian, Christian album. Um, mm-hmm. The wife... Uh, I can't even remember her name. Like, Nicole went on to do a lot of solo work. Okay. Um, but this was a CD that we received. It was actually sent to us when we lived in Indiana, sent to us by my former church of growing up, Wooddale Church here in Minnesota. Yeah. At the time that our son Bryce died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So, Glory Baby has a line, you slipped away faster than we could even say baby. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it became like it's such a totally. great, great song. Um, yeah. Uh, it has a line in it that says, now you're the strength that can hold my life. And I think that was an experience for us um, where we really, we, you know, we stopped being capable people. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And just really had to understand in new ways of reliance on the Lord. And that album... Um, one of the th- songs on it is Making All Things New. Another song is called Incorruptible. And it just really uh, was an album. And then that song, Glory Baby, that was just so good at setting our minds on things above. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so Music would, can do that in yeah. a way that nothing else can. Yeah. So I, that would definitely be a song that, um, not only just for me being in the basement for a year would mark that date um, of Bryce's yeah. birth, but yeah. um, would also just the theme of that whole album then is uh, living this life in God's strength, setting our minds on things above, and um, the Lord, just being hopeful in the Lord, making all things new. So, 
Yeah, and I think that mysteriously, those setting things above, it's also like with music like this, you can sense Emmanuel too. Yeah. So that God is... Yes. He, that yes, you are things above, but that at the same time, he's next to yeah. you. Well, carrying you, you through this. You uh, just the perfect lead into my number six song. Okay, it's, just so we know, I did not get the list ahead no, of time. So apparently, I, I led into the you next led song. led into well. the next song, which is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, the, there See? you go. Yes. Ah, fair enough. Um, and uh, who's singing? Well, uh, no one's singing on this one. Oh. It is a harp and flute uh, oh. um, combo. Cool. Or playing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We have this Christmas CD. All right. Um, with that song on it, and uh, that we bought at the Arboretum, Minnesota Arboretum, back in 2003. All right. And December 2003. And uh, I love Christmas music and would listen to it uh, on a all-year mm-hmm. uh, basis. Mm-hmm. And if I was in the basement a year, I could do that. <laughs> you could do what you want. Sure. No one would tell me otherwise. <laughs> um, so I could listen to that version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and as well, The Holly and the Ivy, which is like a favorite Christmas song of mine, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and Silent Night. I could just listen to them all sure. year long. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it funny how Christmas music can c- cover such a range? Yeah. It could be anything from... The sublime, you know, O Come, O Come, to yeah. things that are just silliness. Yeah. And we love, you know, it all, of, but yeah, O yeah. Come, O Come, Emmanuel is just one of those that the, yeah. if you slow down and listen to, oh, obviously yeah. there's no lyrics on this one, but, yes. but we, you can we think of them as, they're just amazing. Yes. Yes. So I, that, that's a favorite Christmas album and mm-hmm. I'd have that with me for that song. Totally. Yeah. So what's the artist? Um, I, so... So, folks who are listening, Joel and I were going to do this uh, recording like a year ago. Oh, yes. And I forgot. I couldn't find my original paper okay. with the artist's name. So okay. So, I'll have to get back to you on yeah, that. Yeah. If there, since we'll yeah. put a Spotify place there, because yeah. I'll look forward to it. Yeah. Here. Minnesota artist. It's a Minnesota-produced CD. Yeah. It's from yeah. the Arboretum. From the Arboretum. Sweet. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's six. We'll that's take six. another quick break, and we'll be right back. We are back and looking forward to hearing the last three songs on your list okay. as well as a book. I'm really very interested in your book okay. you would choose yes. now that I think of it and your luxury item. So I guess without, I guess I don't have any other practical questions. What's your number okay. seven song? Number seven uh, is kind of like thinking about, you know, my number six song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That's typically an Advent song, mm-hmm. um, which of course I'd be listening to all year here mm-hmm. in the basement. Um, <laughs> Do what you want. Uh, this is another song that, for me, really goes with the liturgical season of Lent. Uh-huh. Um, but I would listen to it all year long. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I call this song the Stations of the Cross song. Okay. But it's really a Moment of Surrender by U2. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so a surprise. This, this is what my a great song. song. Sure. Yes. I'll have to listen to that again this year in Lent and think that think about that because yeah, I was going I was through the subway on the stations to the, the cross. cross. It's one of the lyrics on there. Yes, yeah. I, I love that song. It's a, it's not if I believe in love, if love believes in me. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that is the type of line you would need if you were in a time of loneliness <gasps> to like have that reminder. Like it's all about who believes in me. So 
And that's just a great album. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's when they the first time I saw them perform, that's what they were closing when they did the the tour after that album. That mm-hmm. was how they closed the song because I think they did realize that they had really mm-hmm. come up with a wonderful song. Oh, it is. Is sad. The lyrics of that song are so they just capture the the state of your heart and soul, and you can. Then even just thinking about, you know, it was speeding on the subway through the Stations of the Cross. You could just feel the experience of that. Yeah. I just, in that combination of lyrics, I just... Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, a lot of you know is that Molly did uh, study art history um, in college, correct? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that when, when you do find an artist, for me, it's, you know, Bono is like this. Johnny Cash is another person that I think about, like mm-hmm. who are people of faith who are wrestling. To me, the way that they will, the gift that they give us is framing some of these things in ways that we hadn't thought of. So the phrase, yes. Yes. speeding on the subway through the stations of the cross, I have no idea what he's taught, but I do. Yes. There's something about it, and, that, yes. and, and, that's, and that, that's the experience I've had listening to to them to Johnny Cash to, to people of faith I mean it, it yeah. is a, a, a gift that comes and that's what art does yeah that poetic imagery is just so important in helping us see things differently and yeah yeah so. and even just thinking about the word framing things I mean a lot of times art is mm-hmm. framed <laughs> it's on the wall in a frame yeah. but like what makes it special what makes those lyrics special is is that he's taking something that is sacred like that mm-hmm. and able to say it in a way that's like, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, Jesus was here among us. Yeah. He is in the subways. You know, whatever yeah. you want to take with that, you know, it's really, really, really great. Yeah, so for me, I take it like the, how the Stations of the Cross actually, uh, they're meant to invoke contemplation yeah. and space and time, like the taking the time to look at the Stations of the Cross, but how like the image of speeding on the subway through the Stations of the Cross, how that's oftentimes how we go through life, is that yeah. we're just speeding by, we're not paying attention and contemplating and really meditating on the Stations. Um, so that could yeah. be stations of the cross. It could be literally even thinking about being on a subway, speeding through the stations and like who's in those stations, where mm-hmm. do those stations go? So I just love that line of speeding through something when it's actually asking us to slow down. Mm-hmm. And so and you're in the basement. Yeah. We have time to totally, slow down. Yeah. Coming up in Lent, we have time to slow down. And that's why it's my Lenten song. Yeah. I love that song for Lent, but... I'm going to need to listen to that today. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to it on the way home. Yeah. And David and Jennifer asked me, if you're listening, you 2 again. So there you have it. You 2 makes another appearance. So no, no more of the sarcasm about you 2 because you 2 is great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you 2 is great. So, uh, so what's number eight? Okay. So number eight, um, I really like this song. It's been an important song in different years of my life that have been hard years. Okay. And uh, But I have actually never listened to the whole album that this song is on. Okay. So if I was here in the basement for a year, I'd get to know the whole album. Sure. Um, but right now, it's the song, um, uh, well, I guess the title of the song is This Year. But mm-hmm. again, I call it Make It Through This Year. Mm-hmm. So 
because one of the main lines in the song is, I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me. <laughs> so uh, 20, yeah. I really appreciated this song a couple of years ago. It was uh, definitely my theme song for the year. Uh, this was a good th- song last year. Kind sure, of another, it keeps being yeah, a theme keeps song. keeps being a theme years, song. Yeah. But one of the lines in the song that of why it's a theme song is uh, it says, there will be feasting and dancing in Jerusalem next year. Uh-huh. And I think it's it, it's a really hard song because it's actually a song about domestic abuse. Okay. Um, so it's a really challenging song. But the fact that like that line of hope is in that song, the line of hope is in that song, and also that I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me. That just the perseverance. It's a by a group called the Mount or by a guy the Mountain Goats. I don't know if it's a group or a guy. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that song. Yeah. Christian, at some point, turned me on to that one. So, yes, I now yeah. I, it's just, yes. it's Because it's, yep. I think the name of the band is probably what it is. Yeah, an, the Mountain yeah, Goats. Yes, uh, I do remember. I have so heard that. So, I just, I guess I just admire in that song, like, the, the determination and tenacity to go through a really difficult situation. And then with that, just that line about that hope of what is yet to come. Mm-hmm. I just, and as I recall, it's a, it's kind of like, because when you were first saying the lyrics, and I wasn't remembering, yeah. it's a pretty fast song. It's yes. not it's not a contemplative. That's, no. So no. It's, it's, it's more of almost like a determinative. Yes. It's, it's a determination kind of yes, song. Yes, it is. It yeah. really keeps you, uh, go, it keeps you going through a, a difficult time. Yes. And, it's, and I had forgotten that Jerusalem, so it's almost like a psalm of ascent. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, totally. It is. It you is. can hear the you can hear the psalmist maybe saying something like that. What a horrible year it's been if we make it to Jerusalem for the feast. Yes. So, and then my final song because I kind of see these last two songs as they're like they go together. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me. Again, it's just called this year. Um, but we will feast in the house of Zion. That makes sense. Yes. I just love actually the combination of those two songs. Yeah. So, like Sandra McCracken? Yes. Yeah. Yep, on her album Psalms. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, uh, just the, you know, so the, the song about getting through a difficult year, but then Sandra McCracken's song of just like, it, it's not even a kind of a glib hopefulness. It's like, we know we will yeah. feast um, in the house of Zion. Like, there's just the knowledge that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, within us, given through the Holy Spirit, that we just know what we know, what we know, and mm-hmm. yeah. You know what you just said. Just uh, I've I've been reading the Gospel of John a lot. I've been mm-hmm. trying to get, talking about speeding through. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to actually rearrange how I read the Bible. You know, I think I love doing one year stuff where you're trying mm-hmm. to read the whole Bible in a year, mm-hmm. but I I'm really deliberately trying to to read less. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading John right now. I'm reading a chapter a day. I'm really intentionally trying to slow down. And I am amazed this time I've been reading it, how much it's in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. I just, because every single, almost every single one of the teachings is set up by a feast in mm-hmm. John. A lot of them. I shouldn't say all, you know, but a lot of them are set up. He's in Jerusalem for the Feast of Booths. He's in Jerusalem for the Feast of Dedication. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different things. And of course, the whole last eight chapters are all in Jerusalem during the yes. passion and the upper room discourse and everything. And so I'm just struck like, well, what you're saying that 
Jesus was one of his people. He was going to Jerusalem for these feasts. And that's where, of course, his passion is. But there's this, this interesting sense of gather. And there's this interesting sense of he knew where he was going. And he knew what kind of, mm-hmm. how it was going to end. So anyway, I don't know, yeah. just you saying that just made, put me in the mind of that. And slowing down has helped me to see that this year. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, obviously we sing so many of those Sandra McCracken songs mm-hmm. in our service. So just even that for me, the reminder of our, the church family, you know, and just being feeling so much more connected to the church family while in the basement of Church of the Cross. Of course. And you, yes. can hear, and you might be able to even hear us singing. Might sing be able it. to hear us singing some of them. So, uh, yeah. So that is my ending. That's uh, great. Little duo. I love that little one-two there at mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. After a moment of surrender, mm-hmm. you know, speeding through. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well, that's nine. We will, like I said, we'll put together a, a Spotify playlist, and that'll be a fun one to listen to. Um, what? So we talked about in the intro, you get mm-hmm. a book. There's a book of common prayer and a Bible down there, but what would the book that Molly Ruck? Okay, be, now what would it, what would you take? I, I have taken from a previous podcast that I do get to read what other people have for books. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. I forgot to mention that it's been too long. Yes. Yes. We are creating a library. We're in creating the basement. a library. So, so there's several books. I didn't. I have the list, but I uh, yeah. in my computer. But if so, you remember them, no, I, I I have. I will confess uh, here that I've never read the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. In my, in my family, though, that that is a little odd. You do okay. I Every, d- everybody doesn't quite reject you, though. No, I'm not, I haven't been totally outright rejected. But, so I'll have time to read that here. Why, so, why haven't you? Just curious. Not, 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 you you since know, you brought it up. It's because when I read a novel, I don't like stopping. So mm-hmm. I want enough time to actually be able to get into the novel and not feel like I have to go do something else. Yeah. So it's very hard for me to pull myself away from a novel. Yeah. So I I would want like a week at the cabin. Yes. Where I'm not responsible for cooking for family and <laughs> Just children. Just so can really dig in. So I can dig in. Yeah. And then I'll read it. Okay. So, Yeah. So I'll get to it eventually, but maybe here in the basement. But the book that I would have with me... Since it's me, in the library down there, you right, could. it's yeah, in the sure. library. But I'm sure that this book is not in the library. Yeah. It's The Grammar of Ornament by Owen Jones. Okay. So uh, written, uh, I think, in late 19th century, early 20th. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a book of pictures of, of decorations on buildings or in homes. So okay. like... Think like different scroll work or Corinthian columns, like the top mm-hmm. of columns or mm-hmm. things like that. But it was how a lot of artists then figured out drawing designs for like making wallpaper or mm-hmm. um, stencils or, you know, design of that uh, time period, kind of, you know, Gilded Age, arts and crafts movement, even some Art Nouveau. Anyway. Truly an art history yeah. Pick. So I like I, I I want to own that book. Yeah. Um, so it would give me the opportunity to own that book. And as well, I feel like it would give me imaginings and sort of almost like if I could even, I know I could find a scrap pen on the floor of the basement of Church of the Cross. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I know that from experience. Sure. So I could then doodle with different ornamentation of what it looks like different ways. And mm-hmm. that would be a very happy place for me. Mm-hmm. So... How cool. Owen Jones. All right. Grammar of Ornament. That's great. Love yeah. it. 
Yep. What about your luxury item? Luxury item would be a chef. <laughs> That's great. So, so, somebody, so somebody else is also locked in the basement. Well, they don't have to be locked in the basement. Or it could be a different chef. It could yeah, be. They could, I mean, they could just come down. And, they yeah. just, right. I like they that. Just, yes. I mean, it could even be bringing food here at set times. But uh, the luxury of a chef. Um, I, Any particular um, kind of food you could see yourself ordering uh, you from know, said chef during the year? No, basically food I don't have to make yeah. is what kind of food I want to eat. So... The types you would get at a restaurant. Types I get at a restaurant. Somebody else making it for me. I don't have to think about what we're eating. I'm eating. It just comes already made. Yeah. Yes. Totally. That would be such a luxury. Absolutely. That's a great pick. There's yeah. There's a kitchen down there and everything. So yeah. Just get that person flambe, whatever they want. Whatever do. they need. But uh, <laughs> even again, even if the food is arriving already made. Absolutely. Um, but ha- well, we spare no expense for our that's exiles. That's great. So I mean, that's- and we're asking you to be in the basement for a long time. So right. So you should be able to, you know. Yeah. So I mean, live, I don't know, even to, mind to if it was well. just two meals a day, chef. Totally. And I'd, but yes, if it's three meals a day, even more luxury. Absolutely. But that would be a huge. Are you like- a big breakfast eater? Oh yes. Okay, so you maybe do like a, a really nice breakfast. Oh, and then, I uh, mean. Yeah, I mean, it really would need to be a chef three times a day. So three yeah, meals so you a day. Yeah, because you yeah. want to have your breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, a couple times during the show, we'll have a Spotify playlist. But more than anything, I just really, really loved hearing your picks. Really fun to hear the different uh, stops on the on the journey. And again, thank you for everything that you've given uh, to our church, to my family, and uh, for your friendship. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it's great to be with you, Joel. All right. And there you have it. Thank you so much to Molly for spending time chatting with me. I have enjoyed listening to all of my guest playlists, and I really enjoyed this one. And there was something about Molly's that was even more personal and affecting for me. Perhaps it's how closely she related her picks to her life and how closely she really, really thought through the idea of spending a time in the basement for a year. In any case, the songs were great. I hope you have a chance to listen to the Spotify playlist that's linked with the episode. As I said before, I may be coming after you to be on the podcast. You never know. Don't worry, though. I do take no well. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, please drop me a line if you want to talk music or the arts with me. My email address is joel at ofthecross.org. Until our next show, please keep listening, and the peace of the Lord be with you. <laughs>